Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. You know, there's a word that I really don't like, and I try not to use it. I'm not going to claim that I have totally avoided it in my broadcasting career, but it is a word that I make an effort not to use. And when I do hear other broadcasters use it, sometimes I cringe a little bit because I think it's a lazy word to use, and I think it's overused, and I think that there are other words or descriptive phrases that can be used in place of this word. And that word is unbelievable. Because many of the things to which people respond to as unbelievable are anything but unbelievable. They're actually perfectly believable. In the world of sports, a goaltender getting caught out of position and then recovering to make a great diving glove save is not unbelievable. It happens several times a season, probably hundreds if not thousands, and happens several times a week if you watch NHL games and highlights. Now, it may be difficult. It may be unlikely. It's not unbelievable for a goalie to make a save. They do it all the time. A golfer hitting a hole-in-one, you might hear a commentator say, that's unbelievable. Actually, it isn't. For a pro golfer to do it in a tournament, it's not unbelievable. There are people who have 40 handicaps who have hit holes-in-one. It's not unbelievable. It's Again, it's difficult. It might be unlikely, depending on the quality of the golfer or the difficulty of the hole. It's not unbelievable. Heck, sometimes a team turns a double play. Oh, that's an unbelievable double play. Not really. They happen all the time. So I don't like using the word unbelievable. It's lazy, and it's usually inaccurate. Having said that, what we have seen from the Edmonton Elks and the way that they continually lose football games is approaching unbelievable. To me, if you were to to describe, uh, if you were to watch a game and describe what happened later to somebody else who didn't know, and if they could honestly react, that's unbelievable. I think you are lying. Then, then I'm comfortable with it being unbelievable. I remember when somebody told me that Mike Tyson bit of Vander Holyfield's ear. (laughs) And I thought they were making it up. That's unbelievable. It's getting there with the Elks. 
you know the record now. They're 9-37 and in their last 46 games. But let, we don't even have to talk about past seasons. Let's just look at this year. We don't even have to look at all five of their losses. First and goal from the one-yard line against Saskatchewan. Six minutes left. Don't get in. It's not unbelievable, but it's pretty darn unlikely to fail three times to get a yard. Same team, a month later, tie game, and even let's just ignore everything that happened before that for argument's sake for a second. This happens. From the 30, there it is, and it's going to go to Sims, and he's got a back pedal. Oh, oh, oh boy, you got to get No, 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 no you got to get it. You gotta CJ, get it. you got to get it. Oh, oh no. Oh. oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're fully expecting to hit the ball out to around the 35-yard line, and uh, again, guys, don't, you know, don't beat the kid up too bad. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we had, you know, 250, 300 yards returns, and, and hardly anybody even talked about him, you know, so it, uh, the moment was big, and uh, we've got to do an even better job, you know, coaching these guys, uh, these young kids, as to all the nuances in our game, so uh, that's just, that's part of our game, and uh, and that was a t- that's a tough one, because the kids played extremely hard tonight on both sides of the all right, first of all, uh, the point of order here. We, we did talk plenty about what a good game CJ CJ Sibbs had a couple weeks ago. We'll discuss more with Blake Dermott about coaching failure versus player failure on that play. But for Saskatchewan to tie the game with a two-point convert is not unbelievable. I mean, even if the Elks weren't as lousy as they are, Teams drive late in the game to score to tie it all the time. But then for a team with the Elks' poor record and poor record of execution and fourth quarter failures to then lose on a rouge on a kickoff, which is way less likely than a rouge on a missed field goal or a punt, and given how they lost to Saskatchewan in week one, ladies and gentlemen, I am almost tempted to say that's unbelievable. It's certainly frustrating. It's certainly uh, unlikely. And it certainly dims whatever remaining hope there was for this season. And I, su- I assume you'll all judge that yourself, uh, yourselves, how much uh, hope you have or don't have for where this team is going to go. As I said before the year, my hope for the Elks was it was that they could flirt with 500, certainly win more than four games like they did last year. To me, flirting with 500, could they go 7-11 and 11 or 8-10 and 10 or even 500, 9-9? Nine and nine. And you might make the playoffs with 7-8, certainly with nine wins. Well, as I've been saying, I'm no longer thinking about getting to 7-8 or 9 wins. I'm worried about getting to one because who are they going to beat? I'm not trolling you, members of Rider Nation, who are listening. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders aren't very good. And the Elks probably should have beat them both times and found ways to lose both. And as we've seen, the Elks are not in the class of the BC Lions, not in the class of the Toronto Argonauts, not even close. Not even close. And they also lost to Ottawa last week, who who aren't very good. So as I've been saying... Now I'm not talking about where are the wins coming from. I'm talking about where is a win coming from. And I don't even care anymore if it's home or away. Just win a damn game. 
Hamilton's not very good. They're here on Thursday. Okay, maybe. Again, BC, Winnipeg, unwinnable games for the Elks, unfortunately. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, sports at 630ched.com. Message me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I don't know if anybody's using Twitter anymore. Got a couple emails this afternoon. Kevin wrote in. He said, an organization that used to be able to do no wrong can now do nothing right. I keep asking myself, where did it all go so wrong? This season has become unwatchable. I hear your frustration, Kevin. You know, I, I think we, we have to address something here. And that is where it went wrong for this team and the drop-off for the Edmonton Football Club under whichever name they've had started a while ago. It, it didn't start with Chris Jones coming back. It didn't start with the change of the name that all you snowflakes keep complaining about. It didn't start with Sunderland and Moss. It actually started in 2006, if we go back. That was the year the 34, the streak of 34 consecutive years in the playoffs ended. Uh, it ended with a team that had won the Grey Cup in somewhat unlikely fashion the year before. And maybe Danny Machocha, who was in charge at the time, hung on to some players who had won a couple championships. And he didn't quite recognize that some of them were maybe getting past their prime and try to retool for that year. And that team missed the playoffs in 06 and the streak was over. We have to remember something here that... For uh, for most well, for, in the period I'm talking about, the league has either had eight teams or nine teams, with six making the playoffs. There have been 15 seasons, starting with 2006. The Elks have missed the playoffs seven times. They're going to very likely, barring a miracle, miss the playoffs this year which will make it eight times in 16 years out of the postseason. That's 50% in a league in which two-thirds of the teams make the playoffs, and for part of this stretch, three-quarters of the teams made the playoffs. 06, 07, 2010, 13, 18, 21, 22, all out of the playoffs. Home playoff games since 2006, three of them. Three of them. One West Final. They had home playoff games 2011, 2014, 2015. So they're not going to get one this year, even if they do somehow rally for a playoff spot. So then we're going to be talking 16 seasons with three home playoff games. Again, in a league in which it's basically 50-50 whether or not you play at home. Four out of nine teams get a home playoff game. So this has been going on a while. Uh, I think it started in 2006. A lot of things have happened along the way. The salary management system came in in 2007. Let's be honest with everybody here. Great franchise, great players, great coaches, great managers. There were a lot of years they just outspent other teams for talent and had a way better stadium and, yes, a way better fan base putting money into the coffers, no doubt about it. Uh, That started to change. And then I think there have been, you know, bad decisions along the way, bad personnel moves, bad hires, 
hires that looked good that didn't work out, whatever category you want to put them in. Ricky Ray got traded. He was still pretty much in his prime. So, you know, they kind of had a couple good years in 14 and 15, but it's... I mean, I get asked that a lot. How did this happen? It it has been happening. It, it has been happening. This is the worst of it. Again, this is the worst in 60 years, since the 1960s. But it's it's been going on for a while. That this hasn't been the the premier franchise in the league. Like it didn't switch in 2018. It was it was already happening before our eyes. And yes, there were some years they were competitive and looked good. But this is well, I'm not going to say it's rock bottom because sometimes when I feel like I can't it can't get worse, it does, like the end of last night's game. Like who knows how they're going to figure out ways to lose games moving on here. But that is that is sort of the reality of it. A, a lot of times you know, once things get really bad, it it started earlier. It's it started earlier. You know, like I don't know what a good, this is probably maybe not a, a this might be a, a slightly offensive example. You know, if your buddy is 150 pounds overweight, that <laughs> that didn't start a week ago. It started with bad eating habits 15 years ago. And I, I think that what has happened with this. And not everybody that's been involved with the franchise since then has been bad or a failure or a screw-up or whatever. Not every personnel move has been bad. There have been awesome players. There's been awesome players. I think there are, quite frankly, I think there are a couple awesome players on this. I think Niles Morgan is an outstanding linebacker, quite frankly, as an example. Um, but, you know, this there's been a decline in the quality of play for a while. And I do think, to be reasonable about it, sports do go in cycles. And whether you like it or not, usually every team kind of has to take a turn at the bottom. How long are you going to be there and how are you going to get out of it? I mean, we know what happened with the hockey team in this city. They were out of the playoffs for 10 years. And you know what? It might be at 18 years if the McDavid lottery ball didn't drop. Or 17 years or whatever it would be. So sometimes you need a little bit of luck too. Now the Elks are not going to be saved by a draft lottery, as we know. I'm not sure what they're going to be saved by, and that's even more frustrating because, again, uh, against some teams in the league, they appear a long way away, and against the teams that you think might be beatable, they still figure out a way to lose, like it happened last night. Um... He's got a message from Doug. He says, Reed, it's actually three home playoff games since the end of 2004. Well, I didn't count 05 because they did win the Grey Cup, even though they didn't have a home game. Doug says, between 1975 and 2004, there only wasn't a home playoff game in six seasons. Pretty amazing. And, and maybe we were all spoiled a little bit. I mean, talk about unbelievable or unlikely. Five Grey Cups in a row is unlikely, even in a nine-team league. I, I mean, that was a pretty amazing stretch. I don't know if everything should be measured against that. Um, but, in a, again, in a league of this size, would you hope there's 
two or three Grey Cup appearances at least per decade, three or four home playoff games per decade, I don't think that's unreasonable. And and again, really, I mean, they won the Grey Cup in 2015. They've only been in the game once since they won it in, in 2005. And, and again, like I'm now just talking about making the game, and that's in a division that's only had four or five teams. So they're... They're defying the, I mean, they defied the law of averages by winning all those Grey Cups. Now the law of averages are being defined in the other direction. And again, uh, I think that maybe 06 is is really the beginning of this now that we can take a, a little wider view at it. 7804960063. I got a couple other. Uh, Emails to get to. Blake Dermott is going to hop on the show because I want him to break down the end of that game. Is that a coaching error? Is that a player with a brain cramp? And uh, I want to talk more about gut punch losses as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. for the Blue Jays tonight. A lot of anticipation about that. He's uh, doing pretty good. Six strikeouts, only allowed four hits and five and a third. Blue Jays taking it to the Tigers. It is 7-1 in Detroit in the bottom of the sixth. Football tonight. It is uh, a Western matchup, another one in the CFL. That is Calgary at Winnipeg. Ottawa at Hamilton tomorrow. Montreal at BC on Sunday. The Elks are home on Thursday. Now, at the moment, Hamilton is also winless. Though, like I said, they play tomorrow. Maybe they'll beat Ottawa. So Thursday at Commonwealth, 7 o'clock for the game here on 6.30. Chad, the countdown to kickoff will begin at 5.30. 7804960063. Daryl emailed me this afternoon as well. He says, Taylor Cornelius is just good enough to lose... The mental set that he has, difficult to change. I said this before the year started. This is from 60 years of watching the double E. You know, I I just, I I, I look, I'm not questioning Taylor Cornelius' effort or commitment. He had a horrible injury last year. Um, You know, I I have heard from from people behind the scenes that that could have been it for his football career, so I don't doubt his toughness or commitment. Having said that, he has been playing, and he's an inconsistent player who is sometimes inaccurate, and and some of his misses are really costly. Now, he wasn't the only guy missing last night. I I mean, Chris Jones is married to this kicker, Dean Faithful, middle-aged, well, mid-30s British guy who missed two field goals last night. I I mean, the end of the game was tragic. Blake and I are going to talk about it. The Elks had a little better quarterback play and a little better kicking. They're probably up double digits at halftime, and and the game is pretty much over. So the end of the game is going to get talked about a lot. It was unusual. It was, like I said, tragic. Other uh, Other things happened that prevented them from not having a larger lead. 